I'm your host, Rufi Castro, and welcome to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. Praise the Lord. Welcome back, my friends. Shalom, shalom. We are back. Took a couple of weeks off to get some things sorted out with the podcast and making sure that we're trying to do the very best for the Lord, but we're back. And if you've been following us on Facebook, you're probably wondering what is going on with Epicenter Apostolic Church? What is going on? So a lot of you noticed that starting July 8th, we switched from having services on Sundays to having Shabbat services or services on Saturday, on the Sabbath. For some of you, this wasn't a big surprise at all. So I want to just take some time during this episode to kind of explain a little bit of why we uh, decided to make this switch. Some of you already know my testimony Uh, Some of you know uh, my background and some of you don't, so I'm going to give you a very condensed version of of my testimony, and this will help us all to understand why we were led by the Lord to make the switch from gathering and worshiping on Sunday to doing it on the, the Sabbath. So, So as many of you already know, born and raised in an apostolic church, that's all I've known all my life. Uh, And in fact, um, as a young minister in my very early 20s, I started uh, preaching at a halfway house. And uh, this halfway house, you had a mixture of English-speaking gentlemen and Spanish-speaking gentlemen. So We were approached by the coordinator of this particular uh, house and asked if we wouldn't mind uh, showing up on Sundays and doing a sermonette. The way that worked was that these uh, these men that were living here had to attend chapel, and uh, chapel was their version of a church service. The coordinator's wife played the piano, and they had some hymn books. And they would sing uh, two songs out of those hymn books and uh, the coordinator would get up and he would present a, a sermonette about 15, 20 minutes. And after that, I would get up and present a sermonette uh, 15, 20 minutes bilingual, which if anybody's uh, preached bilingual, that's like half the time. So it's really a, a seven to 10 minute message. After we did that for... Uh, a couple of weeks, I was approached by a gentleman there, and the gentleman asked me a question, and the question was, do you love God? And of course, my answer was, yes, of course, I love God, and I went into this hole because, you know, and I'm an apostolic and tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, uh, aisle-running, devil-chasing, devil-stomping. You you guys know the drill, right? So I, 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 I basically said, yes, I, I love the Lord with all my heart. And what this gentleman did is, uh, and I'm going to really date myself here. I said I was in my early 20s. He gave me a cassette tape, right? I don't know if you all remember those cassette tapes, right? He gave me a cassette tape and he says, I would like for you to listen to this and, um, and then let's talk in a couple of weeks. I said, sure, not a problem. Well, I remember um, 
you know, that was that was Sunday morning. We used to have services uh, Sunday afternoon. So I remember it was it was Monday or Tuesday when I got around to popping that cassette into the tape deck of uh, my car. And on the way to work, I started listening. I'm not going to mention the name. I started listening uh, to this uh, gentleman. Uh, he was a Messianic Jew or he is a Messianic Jew uh, talking about uh, the Sabbath, the Shabbat, uh, the appointed uh, day of the Lord and the appointed appointed feasts of the Lord, uh, but he was really focusing on the on the Sabbath. And I remember as I was um, driving to work and I started hearing him talk about the Sabbath, I, I rolled my eyes. I, I mean, I'm I'm just going to be real, right? This is this is me giving my testimony. I rolled my eyes, and uh, you know, this guy's not even apostolic, and you know, blah 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 blah. Um, so I really didn't pay much attention to it. I thought I'm going to listen to it later and, uh, and I'm going to listen to it and with my Bible and, uh, basically in my mind, uh, and in my heart, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. This guy's off his rockers, right? So, you know, went to work and, and I want to say about a week passed before I finally had the opportunity to, uh, just sit down and, uh, <laughs> here we go, dating myself, placing, uh, the cassette into my Walkman. Right. You guys remember the Walkman, right? So the Walkman with, uh, you know, headphones. That way I wasn't uh, disturbing anybody and um, got my Bible out, got a notepad out and uh, proceeded to listen to him and again with the intention to just completely destroy this argument. Go back to this brother at the halfway house and, you know, let him know he was off his rockers. Well, as the gentleman uh, began to teach uh, I was blown away uh, because I couldn't believe what he was saying. And I started taking notes and I, I thought, let me listen to this guy all the way through. It's a, it's a 90 minute cassette. If you all remember those 90 minute cassettes, right? It was a 90 minute cassette and, and this brother used up all 90 minutes. So I took a lot of notes and I figured I'm going to listen to this thing through. I'm going to take my notes. Then I'm going to hear it again and have my Bible and just completely, you know, prove this guy wrong. Well, little did I know that the joke was on me because everything that this man was teaching um, in this uh, teaching of his about the Sabbath, uh, it, it was it was 100% on point. And, and he he used what what I now call at Epicenter, we call the line of truth, right? And what the line of truth is, is any doctrine, any belief that you have, um, whatever doctrinal belief it is, it needs to be in the line of truth, which means you should be able to back it up from Genesis to Revelation. Any doctrine that, you know, men come up with that you got one or two verses in 66 books, right, that the Lord has given us, you can only come up with one or two verses. You really have to question that. Now, I'm, I'm saying that to say this. It really sparked an interest in me. Uh, those of you that know me personally uh, those that know me for years, you all know I love to read. I read. I take notes. I look up words. I mean, it's I love that. That is my passion. If I could get paid to read, whoo, amen, right? Uh, it, it'd be a dream job. Get paid to read and take notes. Hallelujah. So I started doing my own research and I started going into into scripture and and try to you know, make heads and heads or tails out of what this man was saying. And I came to the conclusion that he was 100% correct. And in fact, those of you that know me again, right, it's like church history. Let's go to church history. Let's see what happens. Let's see, you know, all of this. I love history. So 
long story short, I came to the conclusion, not only utilizing the word of God, but also church history that is available for anybody who wants to, uh, you know, dive in and read it. Uh, I realized that something had changed. I realized that the first century apostolic church in the book of Acts looked very different than what the apostolic churches of our days look like now. So this this is important because the question has come up uh, now that we've talked about making the switch, now that we made the switch, right? But before we were talking about making the switch, well, you know what, Pastor, what took you so long to make the switch? Especially when we have Fresno Torah Talks. We've done three years of Fresno Torah Talks, four if you count what we did with Epicenter without Epicenter knowing, uh, four years of Fresno Torah Talks. And I apologized. Yes, I did. The pastor apologized to the church because I would dance around the question when it was asked if the Sabbath day is the seventh day, which is Saturday, then why are we worshiping on Sunday? Why are we gathering on Sunday if we're supposed to gather on the Sabbath? If the church and the book of Acts, and you can read it, read the book of Acts for yourself, they would meet in synagogue. They would go to synagogue. The first believers were Jewish believers. Okay, The first people that were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, were Jewish. Our Messiah is Jewish. So they would get together and they'd go to synagogue. In fact, in Acts chapter 15, you have the letter to the Gentiles, and, and that was the first huge conference. So what, what are we doing? Because we have all these uh, uncircumcised Gentiles, idol worshipers, tree huggers that are believing in Messiah, getting baptized in Jesus' name, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, um, but they have no concept of how they're supposed to live their life. What are we supposed to do? So when you read Acts chapter 15, you see there's a council that occurred, and in that council... Uh, I like to call them the big wigs, right? James and the big wigs in Jerusalem. Um, they made a decision. When you read Acts chapter 15 completely, you realize that there are some things that the Gentiles had to do in order for them to be able to even fellowship in order to receive the right hand of fellowship as brothers and sisters in Christ. There was a couple of things they had to do. They had to, number one, not eat things that had been uh, strangled, uh, stay away, away from sexual immorality, stay away from things sacrificed to idols, and they had to stay away from eating or consuming blood. And normally, like the way I was taught and brought up, we stop reading there, and, but the chapter's not over. There's more verses. And when you get to verse number 15, uh, the word of the Lord says, because every city uh, has those that teach Moses every Sabbath, which means that the four things that the Gentiles had to do, that wasn't the end all be all. That was what had to be done immediately for them to be considered brothers and sisters in Christ, for them to be given the right hand of fellowship. Those four things immediately they had to do. But how do you learn how to worship the Lord? Well, you go to synagogue on Sabbath and you learn about Moses. You learn Moses. What is Moses? Well, that's the Torah. And it, it's in the Torah, right? It's the only Bible they had. The Torah, the prophets, the writings, what you and I call the Old Testament. That's the only Bible that uh, the apostles had when they were teaching. 
But in those scriptures, you find out how to worship God. You find out what righteousness is. You find out what grace is. You find out uh, what holiness is. You find out the way God wants to be uh, worshipped, how you're supposed to approach God, how you're supposed to live your life, how you're supposed to treat your family. You name it, and you're going to find it in in what you and I call the, the Old Testament, the Tanakh. It's the Tanakh, right? You learn it there. So... I had to apologize, believe it or not, to Epicenter because I would dodge around the question of the Sabbath. I would never give a straight answer. Now, here's the thing. Some people, you know, and and some people said it, (laughs) and, and I get it. I get exactly where they're coming from. Well, was I deceiving people? Right? Was I lying to people? And and the answer to that, uh, I will pose it like this. Um, we don't understand how powerful conviction is until conviction hits us. Let me explain. A lot of us in church, a lot of us that worship the Lord, there are things that we do in our life that we know they're incorrect. We know 100% that they're incorrect, yet it's not until conviction hits. There's certain things that, yes, you change because the Bible says this is the way you're going to do it, so you just do it, and it's very easy to preach that. It's very, very easy to preach. Well, just do what the Bible says and don't question it. It's easy to, pre- to preach that. 100%. It's completely different to actually do it. And for many years, I had that struggle in my life, especially teaching Torah. And the longer I studied Torah and then started teaching Torah, um, there came a point where I was faced with a dilemma. And the dilemma, and you know, my wife, she'll tell you too, the dilemma was if we call ourselves an apostolic church, why are we not acting and doing, and why don't we look like the apostolic church of the first century? Why don't we? Why aren't we doing the things the apostles did? Why aren't we teaching the things the apostles taught? And in fact, when you read the book of Acts with first century eyes, when you read the letters of the apostle Paul, right, Rabbi Shaul, when you read it with the understanding that the only Bible he had was what you and I call the Old Testament, when we realize that he was a rabbi that studied under the feet of Gamiel, this man was a Pharisee of Pharisees. and uh, in, in fact, uh, from the tribe of Benjamin, and when you look at Acts chapter number 20, um, they called him back to Jerusalem because there was a rumor against the Apostle Paul. The same rumor that got the first martyr Stephen killed. You guys remember the first martyr, right? When they stoned Stephen, he's the first martyr. They didn't stone him because he was actually doing anything wrong. They had false witnesses, right? Read that chapter in Acts. They had false witnesses. They lied on Stephen. And because of those lies, Stephen was stoned to death. So the question is, well, what lies did they bring up against Stephen? Well, the lies that he brought that they brought up against him was that he was going around teaching against against the customs of Moses. Now, when we read customs of Moses, it's not a custom like a tradition, but we're talking about he was teaching against the Torah. He was teaching against the word of God. These false witnesses said he was he was teaching against the word of God, so they killed him. It's the same thing that they said about Jesus. In fact, Jesus says, think not that I 
came to destroy the law. I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill, to fill it full of meaning. For I tell you that until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle of this word will pass away. But again, I wasn't taught to read the next verse. I was just taught, oh, Jesus came to fulfill everything and we can live life the way we want to live. And everything that's in the Old Testament no longer applies to me. But the more, watch this now, you go to you go to Bible college, you go to seminary, and you're taught what the organization believes and not necessarily what the Word of God says. And yes, this is my podcast, so I can go ahead and say that. You are taught what the organization believes, not what the Word of God says. Because if, in fact, the Old Testament was done away with, then why do we still hold on to the Ten Commandments? Why do we still teach about offering and tithing? Why do we teach about, you know, all of those things? You don't find uh, a lot of that in the New Testament. You really don't. When you look at the writings of the apostles, you don't find a lot of things that an apostolic church teaches. You don't find it there. You actually find it in the Old Testament. But then it's a catch-22, because if Jesus came and did away with all of that, then what we're saying is that he's really not the Messiah, because Messiah would not teach against the Word of God. When you look in Deuteronomy, um, Moses tells the children of Israel that when a false prophet arises, the false prophet will try to get them to leave the things of the Lord, right? To not fulfill the commandments of the Lord, to not walk in the ways of the Lord. So by us saying that Jesus came and did away with it and he hung it on the cross, what we're saying is that he did away with the word of God, therefore he can't be the Messiah. So it's a catch-22. And a lot of that comes because we misinterpret the writings of the Apostle Paul. When we understand that he was a uh, he was a rabbi, he knew his stuff and he was actually talking to the Gentiles, he also, the Apostle Paul, was not going to go against the ruling that you find in Acts chapter 15, right? So I know, I know I'm know, i rambling, right? So to, let me just kind of wrap it up and get to where we're going to get to. So I was facing that dilemma, and it's very diffi- it was very difficult for me. Once I decided to make the decision, it was easy, but it was very difficult to get to that point, Because it's one thing when you yourself and your family decide, you know what, we're going to start keeping Sabbath, which my wife and I, as of, um, you know, the the recording of this podcast is going to be released on on the 16th, I believe. Um, We've been keeping the Sabbath for about two months at home. Um, It's one thing when you're not a pastor and it's just you and your family and you're going to keep Shabbat. And, you know, you're going to fulfill the word of the Lord. Um, It's different because as hard as that may be to try to explain it to your friends, especially if, you know, something you're doing by faith and the understanding will come later. uh, It is even more difficult to do that when you are a pastor. Because a pastor is also responsible for the souls of the congregation. And, and that's, and that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing because for those that listen to this podcast, those of you that are pastors, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We not only, we're not only going to give account about our lives, our family's lives, but we also have to give an account 
regarding the flock of God. So those that are pastors listening to, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those that are not pastors, I'm giving you a little bit of insight because you have to give an account, those that are not pastors, all you have to worry about is you. Uh, If you're a, a man, the head of the house, you have to worry about you and your family, and that's it. You don't worry about your brother, your sister. You don't worry about the pastor. You don't worry about the deacons, the ministers. You don't worry about anything else. It's, it's, it's those that are under your covering is who you worry about. So I'm giving you a little bit of an insight of how difficult it is being a pastor because I'm responsible for those that are under my covering. Okay, it's, I, I want to make that very clear. And in this podcast, I do want to use it also as a testimony because the pendulum, if you will, swung big time when we decided to celebrate Shavuot. Now, what is Shavuot? Shavuot is is Pentecost, right? That's the Greek. The Pentecost comes from the Greek Shavuot uh, in the Hebrew. Now, you may say, well, pastor, I mean, everybody celebrates Pentecost, you know, it's Pentecost Sunday. Um, In the Jewish calendar, uh, Shavuot this year did not fall on a Sunday. Okay, Uh, the biblical holiday as prescribed by the word of God this year did not fall on a Sunday. It, It fell, it fell on a Friday. And so what we did, and we did this by faith, what I'm going to tell you right now. We decided we are going to celebrate Shavuot on Friday at Epicenter. We're going to start at 4 p.m. And I know some people work and I know some people don't work. Um, We're going to start at 4 p.m. and we are going to teach. We are going to do four hours of learning. We're going to have dinner together and we're going to usher in the Shabbat, the Sabbath at sunset. Because it's Friday night. So we announced this to the church. We did the flyers and, and you put it on Facebook, all that good stuff. We announced this to the church and we did this by faith. We, I didn't know how many, how many people were going to show up. I know some people were working and things like that, but I didn't know if anybody was going to show up, uh, but we did it by faith. And we, um, we, you know, we got uh, some Mediterranean food, uh, things like that. And uh, we prepared, my wife prepared, I prepared, we did a dual teaching. uh, And we did the traditional Shavuot teaching, which is the book of Ruth. um, And then the giving of the Torah on Sinai. um, And then the giving of the Holy Ghost on Shavuot in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2. So we prayed, we prepared ourselves, and we decided, you know, we're going to move forward. And we thank the Lord for those that showed up, because those of us that showed up, and some showed up late, you know, because they were working, and 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 some other stuff came up, because the devil will put things in your path. When you're trying to do something, the devil will put things in your path. And um, we had a, you know, somebody was on their way, and they had to go back, and then, you know, they had to come back, and, and but the Lord allowed them to make it. So, you know, we thank the Lord for that. But I want to tell you what happened on that day. On that day, there was a spiritual shift that occurred. Something changed in the spirit realm, in the atmosphere, as we were doing the teaching on Shavuot. And I explained to Epicenter, God always meets us where we're at. Whenever we need him, we call on his name and he's there. 
He fights our battles. He lifts us up when we have, when he has to do that. Whatever we need, he shows up for us. I told Epicenter on that Shavuot, today what we are doing, we are actually meeting God where he is at. Because Shavuot is a God-appointed time. It is in scripture. It is a feast that is supposed to be celebrated. And watch this. When you make an appointment, when you write it on a calendar, you don't show up on whatever day you want to show up because people tell you, oh, just do it on this day. No. When someone makes an appointment with you and that appointment is meet me at Starbucks on Monday at 7 p.m., You show up on Monday at 7 p.m. You don't show up on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday or on a Friday because that's not the appointed time. So I told Epicenter today what we're doing, it's not God showing up for us. We're showing up where God is at. And we didn't record it. Obviously, we were not going to record that the, the teachings. We were not. That was something that was very intimate. It was open to the public for those that wanted to show up. All I can say is that there was such a powerful shift that occurred on that night. I was rushing to finish up the portion of the giving of the Holy, the Holy Spirit on the Shavuot in Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. I was rushing because the sun was starting to set. I had, I, there was a time that we need to, we need to stop so we can usher in the Shabbat so that we can uh, enter into the rest of the Lord. Amen. So I want to thank the Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to name names or any, or anything like that, but a dear brother was there. Um, and he had, he took his shofar and he, he, he took his talid and he helped us with the teaching. And when we stopped and we entered into Shabbat, entered into the Sabbath, the breaking of the bread, and we we did all this with the congregation. And I told them, I don't have time to explain this to you right now. I was honest. I said, Sister Becky and I have been doing this. We don't have time to run home and get this done and then come back over here. And we're doing it here. We'll explain it you know, on Sunday. You just go with the flow. You could feel the power of the Holy Ghost as that shofar was blasted and we entered into the Sabbath. So I said all that to say this. What's happening at Epicenter? Epicenter is still an apostolic church. Epicenter still believes in baptism in Jesus. Everything that makes an apostolic church an apostolic church, Epicenter believes that. What the Lord has allowed Epicenter to do, and I am very humbled for that, is that he's allowed us to be able to see what the first century apostolic church did and why they did it, and allowed us to shift to become more aligned with the Word of God. And now at Epicenter, we don't have Sunday services We have Shabbat services. We have Sabbath services. What does that look like? What does that mean? What are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you what. If you've never experienced a Shabbat service, an apostolic Sabbath service, and you live here in the city of Fresno, or you live in Clovis, you live in Fowler, you live around the area, you live in Sanger, I invite you. I don't know what you're doing this Saturday. 
I know on Sunday you probably go to church and I know you're faithful to the congregation where you're at. And, and I thank the Lord for that. Amen. You pray for your pastor. You ask the Lord to give you your pastor's heart. But if you're curious, then I invite you 2350 West Shaw space 126 every Saturday. 9.30, we have Christian education. Right now, as, the, as of the recording of this podcast, we are going through the book of Galatians. We've done the introduction. We've given the maps. We've given the background. We're hitting it. We're hitting the book of Galatians. It doesn't mean that you're too late. You can join in at any time. And then at 10.45, we start our service unto the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, my brother, my sister. I want to tell you something, my friend. There is something so powerful about meeting God where he's at. There's something so powerful about worshiping him on his appointed day. Now, don't get me wrong. You want to worship him on Sunday, but you can worship him whenever you want. Worship him every day. In fact, you're a child of God. All I'm saying is that there is something unique about meeting God where he's at. So I invite you. I'd love to see you at Epicenter. Hey, even if you just want to swing by just to check it out and you don't want to hang out after, you don't want to fellowship after, that's all right. But I invite you, bring the kids, bring the family and and enjoy and experience what it's like to be able to serve the Lord and greet each other with a Wonderful and powerful Shabbat Shalom. Don't forget to check out our website, www.epicenterfresno.com, where you will find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram, and our YouTube channel.